back to this It's time for the 5-Minute Major Podcast. What is the uh, significance of that name? Now here's your hosts, Matt Mastro-Giovanni and Dave Morris. That's what the people came to see. A 5-Minute Major Podcast. What took you so long to finally seal the deal, my man? Let's go. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of Five Minute Major Radio. Tonight, this evening, you will recognize a familiar voice besides myself, the Mastros. We are joined by Hoagie, Pod Street Hoags, good friend of the pod, recurring, recurring, recurring guest now at this point. Gentlemen, good evening. What's up? What's Hoagie, going on? thanks for joining us once again. Of course. Yo, hockey's back. I'm so excited right now. <laughs> Yeah, we have a uh, we have a plethora of topics to talk about tonight. Uh, after just one night uh, with two games here, but there's just so much that is surrounding those two games, uh, from the actual games themselves to uh, the new broadcast partners that the NHL does have. So we have a lot on we have a lot on a lot tonight. Um, but Dave, first we'll uh, we'll let you take the reins here for our Flyers coverage before we del- before we dive into all the around the league stuff later in the podcast. Yeah, so, of course, as is tradition with this podcast, things happen and break the day after we record. Um, But recently, the nominees were announced for the Flyers Hall of Fame. That would be going into the Hall of Fame this season. We all know who the nominees were. Master and I gave our top two choices. And the Flyers said, well, we're not listening to those guys over a five-minute major radio, because who cares? Um but they still went with, in my mind, one deserving and one not deserving person. Um, but Paul Holmgren and Rick Tockett have been inducted to the Flyers Hall of Fame. Before I give my thoughts on the matter, uh, Hoagie, we'll start with you. Um, what are your thoughts here on these two gentlemen getting into the Flyers HOF? Uh, yeah, I mean, like you just said, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers organization did not listen to my thoughts on Posture Bullies, and I think I was kind of more of a. I was kind of listening to like my mind from like 10 years, 10, 15 years ago of, of who I wanted. But I mean, Homer, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, he's done a lot for the Flyers organization from being a player to being GM to doing whatever he's doing right now in the organization. But I mean, I, I can't think, it, you know, Homer's that guy where I'm just like, oh, he put us through much, through so much pain and and angst uh, during his tenure of GM. But, you know, good for him. Uh, Taki, good for him as well. I mean, he's been a staple staple flyer for a while. But, you know, I know a lot of people aren't, aren't too happy. Um, I think both are definitely well-deserving. Um, I mean, you, Holgram was basically a shoe-in, I think, because he played so many years for the team as a player. And then held almost every position on the team in the in the front office. Yeah, he did have some things that we didn't like when he was the GM, uh, a la the Brisgalov deal. But he well, also you had, have to be mad. He also had the balls <laughs> to offer sheet for Shea Weber, uh, which was like a, a milestone in Flyers franchise history. Uh, he also was responsible for the the Chris Pronger trade uh, that brought Chris Pronger to Philadelphia for those few years. Uh, also. Kind of, uh, I mean, 
he he's done so much for this team, so I think it's like I said, it's definitely warranted that he gets in here. Uh, Tockett, I think people are a little bit more torn on, as Dave uh, will probably will hear your thoughts here after me. Um, but we know you have some things to talk about about Tockett. But I think Tockett, the main thing for me is that, and we talked about this last time we mentioned the Hall of Fame, the other candidates. It's just tough because more of his success came not with the Flyers as opposed to with the Flyers. But in his defense from my side of things, he did really – he I mean, he epitomized what it meant to be a Philadelphia Flyer. Uh, toughness, grit, no pun intended. Um, just, I mean, a complete Flyer, like a, a Philly guy, uh, all around fighting, scoring, just a team guy. I mean, and then – but, I mean, like you said, Dave, I'm going to – I'll take a little bit off. <laughs> I'm going to spoil it a little bit for you here, but – he won Stanley Cups with the Penguins, uh, has had successes elsewhere um, besides Philadelphia, which I think people are kind of, again, not too fond of. Um, but again, it's the Flyers Hall of Fame, and I think both these guys definitely more than deserving of being inducted into uh, the team's Hall of Fame. They're no Simone Gagne, uh, in my biased opinion, but <laughs> hey, that's all right. Gagne will have his time to shine, and I'm sure a lot of other players will as well. So, Dave, I'll throw it over to you so you can you can let loose on Rick. Yeah, the, the other kind of snub we feel like, though, is Lou Nolan. Yeah. Um, Lou Nolan's been the Flyers. He's been with the, the Flyers. He's been their PA announcer since the team's inception back in the 60s. So he's kind of a snub. You're hoping maybe him and Gagne get in the next time the Flyers elect members in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, but Homer, you know, he's – you know, definitely a shoe, and he's the only person in this organization who's literally held every position you position you can: player, coach, scout, GM, president. Um, so you know, about time. Yeah. Uh, congrats to him. And, you know, besides, you mentioned some big trades there, Masher, that he did. He also was important, played a huge role in turning this team around from the 2006-2007 season, from the 07-08 season. You know, that off that year. He made the trades to bring in Scotty Upshaw, um, sending Peter Forsberg to Nashville. You know, he brought in Marty Buran at the deadline that season in 06-07. Um, and then and that and then in that offseason, um, you know, really cemented the team by bringing in Kimo Timonen, Scott Hartnell, and Danny Breer. Um, and you can really think that that's one of the biggest offseasons because that offseason propelled the Flyers to pretty much being a Stanley Cup contending team from, you know, 2007, 2008, probably up until about 2013. Um, so some really great and crucial years. The The problem with Homer is I feel like his tenure as GM lasted maybe one or two seasons too long. And that's why a lot of fans had kind of a sour taste in their mouth about him, especially because of the Brisgolov deal and the Shea Weber offer sheet getting matched and a couple other moves he made towards the end there in his tenure. But overall, when, when I think back on the Paul Holgram era years as GM, it's it's a happy time. Yeah. Um, much I would say if you were to compare the Paul Holgram era compared to the era so far right now of Chuck Fletcher and Ron Hextall, take me back to the Paul Holgram era because at least the team <laughs> went to a cup final and almost won the President's Trophy like three years in a row. Um, so I'll definitely take that. I don't know. I think – what is is this Fletcher's what, fourth year, third year? This is his – Third, third, um, second and a half. Second, full, second full season, correct? Yeah, he. Like, yeah. Half so, I mean, I can, I can measure it because he was like he became GM when I got up to Boston. So yeah, it's been like two and a half years. Uh, all right. 
Actually, Hoagie, I'm going to be in Boston this weekend, fun fact. Oh, my guy. <laughs> I'm actually I, I'm, I'm kind of betraying the Flyers because uh, I'm, I'm flying up. We're getting off the rails here, but quick story time. Um, I'm, I'm flying up on Friday morning, and then I have tickets with two of my friends to the Bruins home opener uh, against the Stars on Saturday at TD Garden. So uh, I'm sorry, Flyers and you guys, but I, I got to be a Boston guy for three hours. But That's fine. I might, uh, I might, like I said before, I might pull a Rob Lowe and just wear like an NHL shield like hat, <laughs> like just be a fan of the game because I don't want to root for the Bruins, but like the Stars, like I don't really care about the Stars, so I would just well, wear that, Flyers gear. I would well, just that's me this weekend. I don't want to. I mean, I, I don't know about that. If they were playing that's the Flyers, me- I don't want to be that guy that wears the team that's not even playing, like. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So that's me this weekend. I'm going to a Cowboys Pats game on Sunday, oh. and I'm like, who do I hate more? I'm probably yeah. just gonna wear Dolphins yeah, jersey because well I can. Wear, yeah, you might as well just grab a shirt that says "I'm just happy to be here" or something like right. that. Right. I like sports. Or I hope both teams lose, like something like that. <laughs> just yeah. But back back to it. Um, with yeah. with Holmgren and all that. Yeah, I mean, I think I was saying. Oh, Fletcher, I was saying. It's kind of tough for him because, like, we haven't had that big of a sample size with him yet where he came in when the team was in disarray and then they went even into more disarray. Well, they had had one good year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID ruined. And then it was mass disarray for his second. Yeah, so I think, I don't know, I think if, if he has more of a tenure here, depending on what happens this next this season uh, and down the road, whatever the hell happens with this team, because we never know what happens with the Flyers. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, Holmgren, within the last decade, he's definitely been the best GM. I think Hextall, I mean, he did his part, but he didn't do enough. Um, but Or that good of a job, as we're slowly discovering. Yeah, so. Let's just hope it's hey. the Penguins. Yeah, but hey, it's a, it's a new season. And uh, with that being said, Dave, we did get the well, finalized well, go hard. Sorry, I didn't, I'm jumping, I didn't get a chance to rip, to rip on Tocket. Oh, uh, sorry. But you did steal gonna... my thunder, though, Mastro. You were no, right. You I am pure. I am purely opposed to Rick Tocket getting in because he won all of his cups as a player and as a coach with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So ultimately, at the end of the day, you were more successful with our arch rival, and you couldn't do that as a member of this organization. So, Tockett, you can go to hell, in my mind. I mean, you were undeniable. The statistics, he was a Flyers captain. He did great things while a member of this team, but he was never as good enough as what he ever did in Pittsburgh. And so if you do that and you play in both cities and you get more for that lesser of a town, up yours, Rick. Up yours. And I know that's an unpopular take, and I voiced it on Twitter. And I definitely got some mentions that – we're not in my favor, but oh well. But with well, that, Mastro, yeah, it is a new season. Yes, so, go ahead, take the segue here, Dave. Yes, so with that, um, there has been some news. The Flyers did announce on Monday the new the roster for the upcoming 2021-22 season. Um, with some news, of course, they did send the last cuts from training camp. Jackson Cates, Nick Sealer, and Cam York all have been assigned to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms of the American Hockey League. Um, in surprising news, the Flyers claimed forward Patrick Brown. Yet again, another Kevin Hayes connection played college hockey with him up at BC. 
uh, off of waivers from the Vegas Golden Knights. He's essentially been a career minor leaguer, um, yeah. but in his time with the Golden Knights, he's played pretty well in a third, fourth line role. And the analytic community seems to really like him a lot. And from the clips, what I've seen on YouTube, he plays hard and he looks, he passes the eye test too, from what I can see from various highlights. Um, and he's had leadership experience. He was captain of the Charlotte Checkers in the American Hockey League a couple seasons ago. Um, so he is the new addition to the roster. Um, as we found out today, um, Kevin Hayes was put on long-term injured reserve. And he is going to be out for at least 10 games per the LTIR rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, the Flyers claimed Zach McEwen forward from the Vancouver Canucks who is a pretty big bruising power forward um, who has the ability to score. He was a pretty good scorer in junior and the American hockey league, but in the NHL, he has been a fist pounder. Um, I believe think he's got like 23 fights in like 55 games. I saw uh, on a tweet today from one of the flyers beat writers out there. Yeah. So um, he's definitely a guy who, doesn't take any crap and will stick up for his teammates. So I'm all aboard that. Uh, great but mustache he's too. Oh, great facial hair. He definitely rocks a good gear game too. I believe he's a true sponsored athlete and I always do like the way their equipment looks. Um, but so Zach McEwen is the newest member of the Philadelphia Flyers. So we'll probably see him in, in the lineup tomorrow. Um, but with that, of course, the, the, the team does have the roster out and I just deleted the page where I had the roster listed, but don't worry. I tweeted it on our Twitter, which I also have up. So I had backup um, with that, the forwards for your 2020, 2021, I can't wait for these twenties to be over. Um, Lord, the flyers, 20s. the twenties, uh, you've got Travis Konechny, Kevin Hayes, Sean Couturier, Derek Broussard, Scott Lawn, Oscar Limbaum, JVR, Claude Drew, Patrick Brown, Nate Thompson, NAK or Nicholas Abe Kubel for those who don't do not know. Um, Joel Farabee, Cam Axon, and now McEwen on defense. You have Keith Yandel, Sonk, uh, Travis Sanheim, Ivan Provorov, Justin Braun, Rasmus Ristolainen, Rasmus Ristolainen, so that a little too fast there, and Ryan Ellis, and of course your goaltenders, Martin Jones and Carter Hart. So with that, gentlemen. Uh, Masha, we'll start with you here. Who do you think leads the Flyers in goals and points? It could be the same player or it could be two different players. Um, I think points-wise, I might have to go... I think I'm going to go Giroux, points-wise. Goals-wise, that's a little bit tougher. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Sean Couturier. Uh, I'm going to go out of the box there. I don't know if that's out of the box. Um, I just want any, I just want all the players to do well, as I'm sure we all do, uh, because based off of last season, everyone needs a bounce back here. But um, I think Giroux, if they can figure out his positioning, I mean, we talked about it again last week, Dave, having him on that off wing instead of at center, I think is more beneficial to him, especially on the, uh, on the power play. Um, but... I mean, he's always been a playmaker, and again, uh, one of the most – I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. We always see those stats about, like, oh, like, most points uh, since, the like, the last decade, and he's, like, number four. Like, 
but people like like he barely even gets mentioned around the league at some points, which is baffling to me. But anyway, um, I don't know, Katuri, I think again, he's a he's a great two way guy. Definitely, I mean, won the Selkie a couple years ago. Um, but I think he's hopefully he's poised to be a goal scorer. Joel Farabee, I feel like would be my my sleeper pick for leading goal scorer on the team as well. But um, yeah, I mean. Hell, I just want good offense and good defense and just good goaltending. We need just good all around from this team this season. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I'll take Drew in points and Coots in goals, and I'll throw it over to Hoagie. All right, I am going with Drew uh, in points. Um, actually, wait, no, I take that back. Sorry, Couturier <laughs> in points. Sorry, I'm confused. <laughs> I got, got confused. Couturier in points. Um, I think he's on a do stellar on the power play wherever they have him, and I mean if he can get his uh, shorthanded uh, prowess back, I think that'll help as well. Maybe pot some shorthanded goals or get some shorthanded assists. Um, when it comes to goals, I think Atkinson, the newcomer, is going to come in and uh, kind of light light a fire and uh, and just pot some pot some uh, nice little goals for us. I mean, what was it? The was the Boston game where he potted two? No, it wasn't uh, the Washington game. game. The Washington game where he potted two. And it's just so nice to see someone come over the blue line, hit the top of the circle, and just rip it. freaking rip a puck at the net. It's just yeah. such a such a breath of fresh air for once. So, uh, yeah, I think Atkinson in goals and uh, Couturier in assists. And I think, I think Farabee's a nice little sleeper pick for – for goals, building on what he did last year. Hell yeah. I hate to be a broken record and that you guys literally stole all of my picks. <laughs> um, so I guess, I mean, I was going to go with Coots and points and Atkinson and goals with Farabee as my sleeper pick. But now to be different, I'm going to make some different different picks just because. So we have some parody on the podcast. Um, is parody the right word for that? Uh, no, nah, we'll allow it. Discussion? Uh, Discuss- yeah, versus some discussion. More of a variety than I think of parody. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna go. Although those might be synonymous. That's true. Um, with goals, I'll go with Travis Konechny. I think he'll end up potting between thirty and thirty-five. Ooh, that's a spicy take, but I have to be spicy now because I can't go with Sparaby and Atkinson or Coots. Um, spicy. So I'm, I'm gonna say Konechny. He he breaks that 30 goal scorer um, mark this season. Um, and in points, I'll go. You know, I'll go with Faraby in points. A little spicy take. Maybe he ups his goals, gets near the 20, 30 goal mark, and he uh, gets some assists. Maybe Pat working a little bit on that dishing skill of his. Um, but no, if I want to go with what my gut was really saying before the podcast, it would be Coots and points and Atkinson and goals. But my spicy picks are Farabee and points and Konechny and goals. So no, no crime and agreeing. <laughs> us. Oh, that's true. But you and I, you and I do it ninety nine percent of the time. That's, that's very true. That's <laughs> very true. But spicy takes never hurt anyone, especially on a podcast before the season starts. So only time will tell. And I, I guess like, we will I find like out as the season plays out. Points too could be Provorov. Where Defense. if the Flyers power play, and I am stretching when I say this, <laughs> if the Flyers play power play clicks well, uh, then Provorov could definitely be in the mix for a lot of those because they'll probably run 
I don't know. You think they'll run four forwards and one D? If they run four forwards and one D, though, you have to think the two defensemen involved in the power play are going to be Ellis and Yandel. Ellis and Yandel. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah. Provorov, we we have learned, Provorov may be very good at other things. The power play is not one of them. That's true. I mean, he can he can do it, but he's just he's not as good as Yandel or, or He's got or a Ellis. hell of a shot. That's I, th- I think that's why they yeah. keep him on there, because he's got oh, a hell of a wrister from the I'm point. also going to give my yearly, I don't know if I've done this uh, yearly anyway, but I'm going to give my PSA here to anyone who's at the, the games live. Please don't yell shoot when there's absolutely no shooting lane on the power play. <laughs> They're not going to listen. Quick story time again. Uh, when I was at the pre- <laughs> when I was at the preseason game last week, there was a woman about three rows behind me who literally was play by playing the game to herself out loud and was yelling shoot at the most inopportune times, at, like the at the whole game. And I'm literally st- I'm I'm just like trying to hold my tongue. Was like this woman has no idea what she is talking about. She might as well be watching a whole different game because there's no and there's nowhere to shoot the puck. Like the puck is in the corner, and she's like, shoot it. And I'm like, where? Like, so again, we're carrying the puck into the zone. Yeah, like we're in <laughs> shoot the, it also, now. Like, we're in the defensive zone. Like, where the hell are they gonna shoot it? Like, shoot it. But I mean, again, that's. Oh, and they also brought back wooing, which I am tired of. So, um, oh, Bre- that's Brenna, that's back. But Brenna loves the wooing. I, I could I spend, all entire, I could spend an entire podcast about what I don't like about fans in the Wells Fargo Center, but that's for a different day. Um, but I had to say that about the since we're on the the uh, the point of power plays. But yeah, don't yell shoot when there's no shooting lane because I mean, you Matt, can't you can't shoot the puck anywhere. The difference between you and I in that scenario is where people, when they yell shoot and they call out things that make absolute no sense and prove they know nothing about the game of ice hockey, while you keep your thoughts to yourselves, I actually yell at them and tell them they're stupid and don't know what they're talking about. And I, I, I know for a fact that Brenna despises it with well, all I mean, her being. She's like, you're going to get hit one day. And I'm like, good, yeah. let them try. We don't need to fight each other in the stands, but... I don't know. I just I had to say that. So uh, you guys have the luxury of doing that at actual Philadelphia home games. I have to go to Boston and and keep my mouth shut because I will get my butt. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Someone kicked. probably would hit you. And I it almost happened last year when I flipped off the entire stands behind me when Sandheim won an over overtime last year. Yeah, it was a it was a bad night. I feel like that's that's different from uh, from correcting someone on on telling them to shoot. Yeah, but I mean. Th- I was I kept my mouth shut on correcting a lot of things from the game, uh, but it's yeah, not surprising. The hockey fans are a different breed. Um, that, but that we are. Uh, moving on here, shall we? Um, I believe we are just about done with our Flyers coverage here. Uh, yes, I would say you'd be correct with that, sir. But um, before we do move on, before we take our ad break, we can just give the rundown here of the the next. I guess not the next games, the uh, the opening games that the Flyers will play here until we record again next Wednesday, ideally. But the Flyers open the season and they have their home opener this coming Friday, just two days from now, against the Vancouver Canucks at 7 o'clock at the Wells Fargo Center. They actually have a four-game homestand to start the season. What a nice uh, breath of fresh air. True. Not some well, four-game West Coast road trip to start the year, like a Tuesday night. Well, we right? actually have... The West Coast road trip is the next week, week of October. You yeah. know what? But it's not starting the year out. They're starting the the year out in Philadelphia on a Friday. So let's go. 
That's yeah, true. Yeah, it's just it's just a power move right there. Yeah. Um. So again, opening the season against Vancouver on Friday night at seven o'clock, and then uh, the Seattle Kraken come to town for the first time in Flyers history, and I guess Kraken history because they just played their first franchise game last night in Vegas. Um. But they play Monday night at seven o'clock. I will be in attendance at that game, which will be nice. Uh, definitely like to see the expansion teams come to town for the first time. Nice little memory there. Uh, and then Wednesday, Hoagie, they're against, uh, I, I can't say your Boston Bruins, but I'll say. They're not my Boston Bruins. Uh, the, local, the local Boston Bruins for you. Um, uh, on Wednesday night at 730, the 20th. And then uh, that'll, we'll probably, we might be recording in the midst of that game. Um, we'll figure it out. But And then they end their homestand next Saturday, October 23rd, against the Florida Panthers at 7 o'clock. And we roll on from there. So uh, we can do this quick. Hoagie, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, what are you thinking going into these first few games? Uh, do, 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 do. I think – I don't really know quite all – I, 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 just I excited hope, for it to be back. I'm just so so excited. I was I was watching. I'm I'm currently watching the Toronto Montreal game. I I was watching the Washington Rangers game, but I the Flyers. I'm just I'm just so pumped for. It. I I'm erring on the on the side of caution going into the season now, especially with what has gone on through our preseason couple weeks. Yeah. But uh, I think within like the first week, uh, I would like to. I'd like this to go like three and one. I think that's a fair fair assumption for for this team, especially with Vancouver, Seattle. I hope are are welcoming back to Dave Hastel as a big uh, screw you and a kick kick him out of the out of the Wells Fargo. And then I I think uh, I think I think Boston's gonna be a great game. I, I'll be honest with you, that's gonna be one hell of a game to watch. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think Dave. I'll throw it over to you first before I give my my thoughts here. Um, yeah, I definitely think, um, I think three and one makes, is, is a pretty good record to start this year. I definitely think Vancouver on Friday night is a W, at least it better be because I will be in attendance, um, for the home opener. Love to see it. Um, I think they're definitely going to beat the Kraken. The Kraken, as of game one, are coached by a terrible head coach who has no idea that his system does not work in the NHL. Um, and their just roster is not that good when I when I compare it to the Flyers. Um, and I do think they beat the Bruins. I think they start the year 3-0. and um, In the Bruins game, it might have to take overtime or a shootout to do so, but I think on paper the Flyers have more skill than Boston Bruins this year. I, I really do. Now, that being said, the Bruins still do have the perfection line of, you know, of um, Pasta, Bergeron, and Marchand. Um, but the Flyers always seem to play the Bruins well, so I'm confident they'll win that. And I, I think... They'll probably drop that last home, home game in the year against the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers are a um, they're an up and rising team. They're not really a joke anymore, like they have been, and they have some elite level talent. Uh, they did just resign and extend Alex Barkov, their captain. Uh, they got Aaron Ekblad. They've got young stud Spencer Knight in net. Of course, they do have Bobrovsky, who we all know very well, struggling a bit, but. Um, they always seem to give the Flyers a headache. Even when the Panthers were kind of not that good of a team, they always seemed to – there was just something about the Panthers where the Flyers could never beat them. Um, but, yeah, I think they, they go 3-1 and one with that first loss against the Panthers. And I, too, am keeping my expectations a little bit quelled going into this year just because of what happened last season. I know 
Um, Hoagie was actually on, I just realized this while we're talking about this, Hoagie was on our season preview episode last year, huh. and that's where <laughs> I came out and said the Flyers were going to be a President's Trophy contending Oof. team, and they were going to be a legitimate cup contender, and we're on the start of the next Flyers dynasty. And, well, I was very wrong. <laughs> very, Gee. very wrong. So you I'm, I'm well, tempering huh? my expectations. And uh, when we get to our Around the League segment and we kind of preview of who we think makes the playoffs out of each division, you will all find out where I think the Flyers end up. But teaser, they are a playoff team. Very well said by both of you guys. Yeah, I think um, I think the biggest key is just if the, the Flyers just have to show up for every game um, where – We've seen everything. We've seen just about everything go wrong these past this past year and a half, uh, with them just finding ways to lose, um, not playing a full sixty minutes. Uh, the, any negative cliche in hockey that you could think of came across their desk uh, at at points, uh, multiple ones at once. So many times last year and the season before. So I mean, that's just the key of the whole season. I think I'm with you both. Where, like you said, I you you want to be excited, but you also have to. You have to quell your expectations a little bit here because there's these are new waters, I think, for the Flyers after all the ma- uh, the moves they made the offseason. And it's just one of those things where, I mean, you're obviously excited. We're all diehard fans here. But with this team, I mean, there was high hopes for the Phillies. There was high hopes for the Eagles. Let's hope the Flyers don't follow suit in that. There was aspect. not high hopes for the Eagles. <sighs> I mean, there's high hopes no. for every team, but. Philadelphia high hopes and actual high hopes are two different things, though. True. But I, I will say, like I said, I'll, I'll agree with you guys here where I, I'm, I'm totally excited for this. Um, and, I mean, let's just hope that it doesn't uh, – let's just hope for good things. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah. Hey, it, it's an even year. What have the Flyers done the past, like, five years in a row? They make it in the evens, and they don't make it in the odds. It's an even year, so it's destined well, they will be a playoff team. All right. So, yeah, cautious optimism. It brings us all the way back to that. It, it does. And I was going to say that, Mastro. Cautious optimism. <laughs> I go. will say my big concern heading into the season right now is the center depth. Um, I know, Hoagie, you guys touched on that on the, on the last couple episodes of Pod Street Bullies. Great program for those who don't tune into that. Do so. Um, the fact that they're deciding to keep Drew at wing and they're going with, you know, Derek Broussard or Scott Lawton or one of the new waiver claims as your second line center heading into the season. I'm concerned by that. I think Broussard, I mean, I I love lots. He's a great bottom six forward, but that man should not touch the second line. He just doesn't have the skill to do it. I know he did it in junior, um, but that was a long time ago. Maybe if, if he does do it, maybe he rekindles some magic and holy shit, Scott Lawton became the team's second line center. We all thought he was going to be eight years ago. Um, but Broussard, you know, we'll see. Out of all the options, he's got the most skill. Um, but I just have a funny feeling that we're going to go a couple games into this season or maybe give it a week and Drew's back at second line center and they've redone some moving around with the wings. Well said, well said. We will find out answers to all of these questions and more starting Friday. But, Dave, what say we take our ad break here and then we dive deeper into our Around the League segment for our season preview and much, much more. That sounds like an excellent idea. And with that, we will be right back here at 5 Minute Major Radio. 
And we are back here at Five Minute Major Radio. And Mastro, let's uh, why don't you take us around the league here? Sounds good. Always a pleasure to do that. Um, we got a a lot of, a lot to cover, as I said in the beginning of the podcast. We have to talk about a lot about a lot. Um, but I will start with this. Um, as we all know very well, the NHL has two new broadcast partners now in ESPN and TNT. And we got our first taste of ESPN last night, and we are currently getting our first. T- we're first regular season taste of TNT now with uh, they are broadcasting the Washington Capitals and New York Rangers on top of a second game out west between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Colorado Avalanche. But uh, we'll start with ESPN since we saw again our first taste of them last night. Two games on last night, the Penguins and the Tampa Bay Lightning, obviously with the Lightning raising their cup banner from last season. Um, And then we had a historic game between two expansion franchises, one of them being the newly incepted, I think that's a word, uh, I'm going to make it a word for now, um, but the, the newest member of the NHL, the Seattle Kraken, taking on the Vegas Golden Knights in Las Vegas, a tough place to play for your first game of the season, um, especially if it's your first game ever as a franchise, so... Um, but quick scoring update here from last night. The Penguins did take down the Tampa Bay Lightning 6-2. to two, And then the Seattle Kraken did fall to the, ta- the Tampa Golden Knights. The Vegas Golden Knights 4-3 oh, in Vegas. So they are 0-1 to start their, uh, their record here um, in their inaugural season. But aside from the games themselves, I guess we'll dive first into ESPN's coverage. Hoagie, I'll throw it to you first here. What were your thoughts just overall about how they covered these games? Uh, no, they they did pretty good. I didn't I did not try to stay up for the uh, the Vegas Seattle uh, game. I think was, I would have if uh, if it was Seattle's like home opener. Yeah. But they were on the road, so I was like, eh, not worth it. But uh, no, ESPN did a great job. Uh, shots by the Penguins. Uh, what was it? Four one shellacking of the Tampa Bay Lightning, defending defending back to back Stanley Cup champions. I uh, I mean without. Malkin, Gensel, and Crosby. I thought freaking Tampa would just roll all over the Penguins, but they always find a way to uh, to prove everybody wrong that they don't need their star players. Yeah. But uh, no, ESPN did a great job. I'm uh, I'm excited for them for the rest of the season. I think uh, it's huge that you can watch all these games on ESPN Plus and and just roll with it, except for like you know the TNT games. But I think it's huge that more people have more opportunity to watch these teams going forward. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All good thoughts there. Dave, your thoughts on ESPN's uh, opening broadcast last night? I thought they did a really excellent job, and I loved the intro that they did that Justin Bieber narrated where they went into the the conception and the making of the, of the ESPN NHL theme song. And I, I had chills, and I did tear up a little bit when during that <laughs> little feature because I thought it was really cool how they had the orchestra play it live at the very end, and then they had then they went right into the game coverage. I yeah. it, it was awesome, and something that I think we all missed. Uh, that being said, they do need to get Gary Thorne back. That is a requirement. I feel as though um, if it happens, amazing. If it doesn't, I'll be disappointed. But you know, say la vie. Um, they definitely need a shot counter and their little scoreboard on television. Um, not having that was something that I feel like. They were definitely missing. Um, but no, I thought the announcers were good. The announcers were very good. I love the fact that we have now have Ray Ferraro 
on an American broadcast because I think he is one of the best color analysts in the game and has been for years. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, your second the, the second broadcast with, with Bucci Gross and Brian Boucher. I mean, Bouch has done just such he's just become such a great TV analyst. Um, so overall, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I pretty much watched about the first half of the penguins lightning game and when i realized that the penguins are going to win and the lightning played like absolute horse crap last night i was like i don't need to watch this anymore so i turned that game off um and i checked in and out of the seattle game um but when i boy when i watched that game i felt the need to tweet dave hackstall is gonna dave hackstall because it was the same things that we saw as flyers fan high as high zone higher energy four check and then Boring dead shots from the point that get blocked very, very easily. And in my head, I'm like, oh, poor Seattle. I'm so sorry for you. Um, but no, overall, I like ESPN's broadcast. I'm excited for it. Um, I definitely think it's going to help grow the game. And um, just hoping TNT, TNT can live up to the hype. I have not caught any of the game action this evening on TNT. So I will definitely have to brush up. You're, you're missing out. But, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give my two cents here about ESPN before uh, we get into TNT. But, yeah, I mean, Dave, you nailed it with that that intro they did before uh, they, they cut to the pregame coverage, brought uh, a blast from the past, literally. Uh, the first, the last ESPN game uh, was June 7th, 2004. Co- coincidentally, that was my ninth birthday. Um, but, I mean, it's been, what, uh, I'm not a, not a math guy, but it's been years. Um, I think they said 6,000 days, something like that. They had, like, um, the exact days and minutes count. Yeah. Since but the it's, last game. It's been way too long since we've seen hockey on ESPN, but um, I think all around the coverage was was great. Um, I like having – we have the, the mix of the, the current ESPN personalities with the former NBC, NHL Network personalities with Kevin Weeks, uh, Boucher – we have Bougie Gross. We have Linda Cohn. I really like Emily Kaplan between the benches on that. Uh, I guess that is that the A team considered the A team for ESPN with Ray Ferraro and Sean McDonough. Uh, and you got and you got Barry Melrose yeah, and SEA and Chelios doing studio analysts. Yeah, I mean, I think this goes for both both these partners too. Where I think these people, we don't know how long they've worked together, but it's like it's going to be. There's probably going to be points where it's going to be like awkward because they kind of have to. I feel like they have to find their stride and find like their their rhythm as broadcasters, uh, at least to get being together. Um, but I like I think they did a really good job last night, and I'm excited to see where it can go from here. Um, but again, it's it's just nice and refreshing to have we have hockey on ESPN again. We have new faces. Uh, I'm pretty sure people were complaining about the Sky Cam uh, being on ESPN. Yeah, uh, they were. And then I did notice at points, too, I don't know if it was because of how loud the arenas were, but there were points where you couldn't really hear the commentators either, where it was like the, the background noise of the rink and the, the crowd was drowning out their audio. So I don't know if that was just a sound mixing issue, but maybe they'll they'll fix that. I'm, Some I'm just, first game hiccups to be expected. I'm just, yeah, I'm just nitpicking here. But, I mean, it's like I said, it's, it's awesome to see these new broadcasting partners. And then uh, moving on to TNT here. We have the game right now, like I said before, with the Washington Capitals and the New York Rangers, and then we have the Blackhawks and the Avs later for the West game. But, Hoagie, I'm not sure if you've seen any of this, but 
if you have, do you have any thoughts so far on how TNT's done so far? Yeah, I, I like TNT. I mean, I, I feel like they still have a little bit of their hiccups that they did during uh, the preseason. Uh, I think it was the Flyers game where there was a lot of like inner ins and outs where and fuzziness. And that happened early on in the game where there was kind of like a small little tussle between the Capitals and Rangers. They called it a fight. It was more of just a rough, rough and tussle wrestled to the ice. But, uh, but yeah, it kind of cut out real quick there and then, and then came back real quick. So I'm kind of, kind of hoping they figure that out. I was hoping they figured it out during the preseason, but apparently they didn't. <laughs> so hopefully those kinks keep working as the, as the season goes on. So, I mean, I, I hope some of the people that they had on for the first night of uh, the the preview before the game aren't regulars. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll keep my thoughts to myself on who, but <laughs> <laughs> I've already gotten roasted on it tonight, so I'll keep <laughs> keep that one I to think, myself. I think he's staying, my man. Oh, boy. Dang. Uh, well, Tockett's on there for you, too, Dave, so you, you can have fun with that one. Gripes <laughs> about this CIP crew. Hey, you know what? Talk here's the, I may dislike Tockett for winning everything with the Penguins, but he did get his start doing TV color as an analyst for the Flyers, and he did good. He did a good job at that. So you know what? I will give some props to Rick Tockett. Yeah, I mean, I think being the uh, I can be the third party here for us since I uh, I'll be the the middleman. But um, for those who don't know, the the analyst team for TNT um, around the horn, we have. We have the great one, Wayne Gretzky, who needed no introduction tonight. Um, and then we have, flanking him, we have Paul Bissonette, Biz Nasty, which I, I like, and we know how Hoagie feels about him. We don't have to go into that. Um, and then in the middle of the things, we have uh, Liam McHugh, formerly from NBC Sports. And then we have Anson Carter, also formerly from NBC Sports. And then we have Rick Tockett rounding things out um, on the other end of things, but um, from what I saw tonight, they did a they did a commercial free pregame, which was awesome. So that was a straight half hour of their coverage leading up to the game in Washington right now. Um, I think it's good where they have a lot. They they already have a really good dynamic between all of them. They started out the show kind of like chirping each other, uh, doing intros for each other, just talking about the game. I think again, we we want to see different things from these broadcast partners aside from picking apart. Uh, one play from a whole period for 25 minutes between periods where we had, I mean, we had Gretzky telling stories, uh, like telling some stories about his playing career. Uh, I mean, again, Biz is always in the mix trying to chirp guys. Anson Carter was chirping guys. Tockett was chirping. So, I mean, these guys all seem like they already have a great dynamic with each other. And then the broadcast crew itself calling the game right now, we have Kenny Albert and Eddie Olchek. Um, <laughs> Dave... Dave, I hate. It doesn't Kenny sound Albert. like you'll be watching much TNT, Dave. <laughs> I no, I love Edzo, love Edzo's color, but I hate Kenny. As we've addressed on this yes. podcast many times, I hate Kenny Albert doing play-by-play of hockey. He is fine for football, but ice hockey, the man cannot do it. Understand, um, but I mean, again, and then we have so we have those two, and then I think is it Darren Pang and. I'm blanking on the other guy who's doing the West Coast game. Um, But I know that Keith Jones is between the benches right now in Washington. But, I mean, I think, again, these these guys, they'll have to build a rapport with each other throughout the season. 
I think TNT is going to be more for like the Wednesday night games as opposed to a nightly basis, maybe like Wednesday and yeah. Saturday. I'm not sure about their broadcast schedule, but it's not going to be as heavy as ESPN. But um, like I said, I mean, it's it's just good to have you have fresh faces in hockey broadcasting now with these new networks. And then I think as well for guys like us who know the game so well and for all the people out there, I think this is just a PSA where the there's also a huge purpose in these new broadcasting partners to expand the hockey fan base. And if you hear these these guys, these people talking about like just stuff that we would think like, oh, like who doesn't know this? Like who doesn't know what offsides is or who doesn't know what icing is? Like they are they're gonna explain and point on point out stuff like that so that they can bring the the non hockey fans in as well as real the casual fans into becoming potentially diehards like us. So I mean there's obviously a marketing there's a huge marketing standpoint here for these broadcast partners to expand the game of hockey. No better way to do it than ESPN and TNT because you have the big four sports on both those networks. So let's let's welcome people in and as they say let's not gatekeep the sport because if we love it so much, we will bring others into it so that they can share in our joy. Well said, Matt Meshi. Thank Giovanni. you. Well said. Like the, like the yeah. NHL says, hockey is for everyone. Exactly. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> um, but with that, we will transition here onto our next topic of things. Uh, I'm going to give a rundown here of the current scoreboard, and then we will get into our league predictions. But right now we have – Two games going on with a total of five games on the slate for tonight around the league. We have the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens tied at one apiece after two periods. We have the Washington Capitals leading the New York Rangers 2-0 with about seven minutes left in the second period. And then our late games tonight, we have the Winnipeg Jets against the Anaheim Ducks at the Honda Center. We have the Chicago Blackhawks and the Colorado Avalanche at Ball Arena in Colorado. I think Ball is the mason jar company, fun fact. Yes. Um, yeah. but, and then we have Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers taking on the Vancouver Canucks at Rogers Place in Alberta. So a nice little slate tonight. And then, like I said before, it just rolls from here because we're going to have – it's going to be hockey, hockey, and hockey. So buckle up, boys. But that's tonight's, ske- tonight's schedule, and we will go from here. So uh, – I guess I'll continue driving the bus here as we go into our our league predictions. But for those listening, we'll try and keep it pretty short and sweet with these uh, these predictions tonight where I'll give you the rundown of teams in each division, and then we'll have Dave and Hoagie and myself give a, a bit of a quick prediction on who we think the top three teams will be in each division, also picking a wild card uh, from each conference. and Two wild cards. Two wild cards from each conference. My bad. Uh, it's it's preseason still for me, um, but uh, yeah. So we'll we'll dive into it here. We'll start off with the Atlantic Division. We'll save the Metro for last since the Flyers are in that, so we can get a little more bias towards the end of things. Um, but in the Atlantic Division, we have the Boston Bruins, the Buffalo Sabers, the Detroit Red Wings, the Florida Panthers, the Montreal Canadiens, the Ottawa Senators, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Hoagie, I'll go to you first for this one. With that being said, who do you think comes out of the Atlantic? Uh, the Atlantic. I think we're uh, we're probably going to see the Lightning, Leafs, and the Bruins. I think it's just going to be a real competitive, uh, real competitive uh, 
division right there. I think the Bruins, they're getting, they're getting older, but I think they'll still still have something to prove. Uh, the Lightning, they're just a powerhouse of a team. They didn't show it last night, but, I mean, they still have still have the guys there to, to do it. So um, I think, you know, the Canadians, the Senators, the Red Wings, and the Sabres are just all getting eaten up in that, uh, in that division. Well said, well said. Uh, any thoughts on Florida? Uh, they'll, they'll probably be a wild card, I, I feel like. All right. Sorry. Well, I, I'm just <laughs> starting to draft here. The fantasy Sorry. draft is going on. <laughs> you know, right. it fits in with the the whole ESPN topic we just had Yeah, that's before. good. Yeah, No free ads, ESPN, though. But uh, anyway, um, Dave, I'll throw it over to you. Who do you think comes out of the Atlantic Division? I think it's going to be Tampa, Florida, and um, Toronto, rounding off the top three. Um, and I think Florida might give Tampa a run for their money for the division this year. I think that highly the Florida Panthers this year, whether it's going to bite me in the ass later, but I just think that that team is scary good and on the rise. They have a lot of good pieces. And I think Spencer Knight is probably the next great U S hockey goaltender. Um, and I think for my wildcard team, I'm going to give it to the Boston Bruins. The only reason why I had the Boston Bruins downgraded from being a top three team to a wild card is just I think they've lost too much and they're just getting too old. Um, short, sweet, and simple. So yeah, Bruins wild card, Tampa, Florida, Toronto. I like it. I like it. I think Dave, I'm gonna have to echo your sentiments there. I think Tampa is too good not to be um, in the mix again, especially coming out of their division. So I think they're gonna take that number one seed in the Atlantic, followed by the Florida Panthers, and I think also Toronto. Um, <laughs> They've had something to prove for the past few years now because they haven't done squat in the playoffs. Um, but after that exit against Montreal last season, I think they're going to play with a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder, at least in the regular season. Who the hell knows what's going to happen if they make the postseason? That's obviously yet to be seen down the road here. But um, I do think they've been in the mix pretty well here these last few years in the regular season. So I think that's going to be, like you said, Dave, I think I'm going to go Tampa, Florida, and Toronto coming out of the Atlantic. And I think Boston is definitely going to take that wild card there. One of the wild card spots in the Eastern Conference. Um, but I, yeah, I think Montreal is going to fall off a bit without Carey Price. Uh, we definitely do wish Price all the best, though. He was just, uh, I guess, I don't want to say the wrong term here. Admitted is not the right term, but he also... Well, he, he, he voluntarily he, entered... Yes, he voluntarily entered the NHL and NHLPA's player assistance program um, because he's been having some mental mental health issues and um, some just some 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 tough sledding uh, as of late with all that's going on with his injury and just I mean we wish him the best of luck and a speedy recovery. Um, but again, back to the ice. I mean, they're going to also be missing Shea Weber for probably the whole season. So that's just, I mean, that's just a blow from them. <laughs> Buffalo is going to be awful. <laughs> um, and then Detroit. Hashtag free Eichel. Yeah, Detroit is going to be nothing to write home about at all as well. Um, and then Ottawa could have a decent year, um, but I don't think they're going to be playoff material. But, yeah, I'm going to go, like I said before, and like Dave said, I'm going to go Tampa Bay, Florida, and Toronto out of the Atlantic with Boston taking that one wild card spot here. In the Eastern Conference, I guess I'll call an audible here because we have to t- we have to talk about the other wild card in the Eastern Conference while we're here. So um, we might as well get to the Metro at this point. So um, we are allowed to be a little bit biased here. I'll I'll allow it, as they say. Um, but in the Metro, if you didn't know, 
arguably the best division in the league. We have the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the New Jersey Devils, the New York Islanders, the New York Rangers, the Philadelphia Flyers, and the Washington Capitals. So, Dave, I'll throw it to you first here. Who's coming out of the Metro and who's taking that second wild card in the East? I think that the... As much as I hate to say this, I think the New York Islanders win the division. I just think for some reason Barry Trotz has that mojo and they get the best out of that team. And that goaltending punch of of Varlamov and Sorokin does really, really well. Uh, So I think they win the division, um, even though I hate the way they play hockey. Um, But I think it's Islanders. um, And I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be the Flyers. I think the Flyers will finish second in the division, um, followed by then the Penguins. And the Penguins and Flyers, I think you could flip-flop um, either or. And then, so that it, it's, I'm going to go Islanders, Flyers, Penguins, one, two, and three. Then my wild card is going to be the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, that's right. I have the Washington Capitals not Just making the playoffs. Ooh. I think um, Carolina is... I, I reason why I'm giving Carolina a wild card and not a top three spot in the division is I really question a lot of the moves the Hurricanes made this offseason. I think they definitely made their team worse. Uh, it, their goaltending, I think, is a big question mark. You've got Frederick Anderson, who could never really give, get Toronto over the hump, and when a big game needed to have happen, he collapsed. And Antti Ranta is a walking hospital bracelet. Um they lost Ducky Hamilton. Um, they lost um, the youngest McGinn to the Penguins. Um, they brought in Anthony D'Angelo. I do like them bringing in Ethan Bear. I think that's a smart move. Um, but I just think that the moves they made this offseason, they definitely hurt their team. But they still got the all-world talent of Shvechnikov and Aho up front to help carry them along. And Jacob Slavin is one of the best defensemen in the league, and I feel like he doesn't get enough attention. Um, and with Washington, I just think they're—I think the age curve is finally going to catch up to them. I think Ovi will have a great year goal scoring, like he always does. Um, but Kuznetsov doesn't have any more. Backstrom's lost his step. Um and Ilya Samsonov, their young Russian goalie, who they were hoping would be the heir apparent to Holtby and who they spent a first-round draft pick on, hasn't really panned out so far. Um, and their defense is worrisome to me, too. I mean, John Carlson is excellent, but he's older. Dmitry Orlov is an okay second-pairing guy, and then they don't really have anything else that stands out to me. And for them being for so good for so long, their prospect pool lacks. Um, and I don't, I just don't think Ovi can carry... While he's going to score a lot of goals, he can't put this team on his on his back anymore. So that's my rankings. Islanders, Flyers, Penguins, and Canes. Very well said, my my good man. Hoagie, over to you. Who are your Metro picks? Uh, Metro picks. I, uh, I'm agreeing with Dave. The Islanders have just been an unbelievable team over the past year, year and a half, or what have you. Um, I think they're taking the division hands down. I think Capitals will probably take number two. And you know what? I think the Rangers will surprise us and take number three. And I think our beloved Flyers are anything but in those top three. I think they're a wild card team this year. I think there's a lot of unknown with this team that 
doesn't isn't going to put them there in that top three of the division. I think they'll they'll fight for a spot, but I think they'll they'll lose some game some pretty important games later on in the season and and have them drop down. Yeah, I, I think uh, I mean it's going to be tough because I was I was listening. To, I don't know if you guys listen to Missing Curfew, but uh, I was listening to one, their one episode last week and uh, Steve Kulosh, uh, the one guy who does the power play on Sportsnet Radio with Shane O'Brien, was saying that he expects this season to have one of, if not the most parity in the league, where um, if you go like oh two and one in the last three games of the season i mean that could be the difference between you making the playoffs or missing the playoffs um so i think there's it's every game is going to be more important uh now more than ever um if that makes any sense but i think i'm gonna go i think i have to agree as much as i do not like the islanders uh i think they are going to win the division um and then i think the hmm I, the Penguins are always in the mix, but I don't think they're going to be a top two in the in the Metro. I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go Islanders. I'm going to. I'll stand up for the Flyers a little bit here. I'll say the Flyers take the number two in the Metro. Um, maybe a, a little bit of a surprise there, but I think it's going to be the Islanders, the Flyers, and the Hurricanes. And I think either the Penguins or the Capitals are going to take that wild card spot in the East. So um, I'll be, again, I'll be cautiously optimistic with the Flyers, but I think Columbus is going to be mediocre at best. Uh, They're going to be awful. Yeah. Um, New Jersey awful. Doesn't, doesn't scare me at all. Uh, congrats on getting Dougie Hamilton. Like, he's not even that good. Um, <laughs> but uh, the Rangers, they are banking on their youth and also – Mika Zabanajad just signed that new ticket, but I, I mean he's good, but like he also is streaky, and he's not the best guy on the defensive side of things. Um, so, but I think again, as much as I hate to say it, the Penguins and the Capitals have always have been in the mix for so long, where it's like um, you just you you have to believe it when you you have to believe it you believe it when you see it. If they don't make the playoffs, where it's like oh like they missed out on the postseason for the first time in what feels like forever. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to go Islanders, Flyers, and Hurricanes with the toss-up between Pittsburgh and Washington for the wild card. Um, moving on here to no, the West. I, I do want to add one thing about this division. I think this is the best division in hockey, and I think the ranking from one through three in wild card, it could be between five points. For oh, all yeah. four teams, it's going I to think, be tough. And, and, and if any one of them in my four rankings gets hot, they end up winning the division towards the end of the year. Like I think it's going to be super, super tight the whole yeah, I think, season. I mean, I think it can, yeah. Like you can basically put every team in the division in the mix for the playoffs, except for Columbus and New Jersey. Um, yeah, I'd be very surprised if either one of them made the playoffs, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a it's such a tight division where, like you said, Dave, it's going to come down to a matter of a handful of points in the standings, whether you're going to get first or third or not even make it. So, um, like I said, you got to the Flyers have to play their best hockey down the stretch. So um, it's just again, it's it's kind of like last year where, you know, a good a good hockey team might not make the playoffs. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's just going to be who whoever has the strides to get through the, the tail end of the season. Exactly. 
Um, moving on here, though, that does it for the Eastern Conference. We now move out west to the Wild West here. Uh, we start with the Pacific Division. We have the Vegas Golden Knights, the Anaheim Ducks, the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, the LA Kings, the San Jose Sharks, the Vancouver Canucks, and the newest franchise of the NHL, the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Hoagie, I'll start with you this time around. Your three picks to come out of the Pacific and also one wild card for the West as well. Pacific. This is this is an interesting uh, interesting division, um, especially coming off like you know the shortened season with COVID, where we had that all all uh, Canadian division. I feel like this one. I think the Knights are just going to be up there. They'll take the number one spot. Um, you got to have the Oilers probably at number two. They'll probably be fighting back and forth all season for, for number one and number two. Um, so Knights, Oilers, and number three, it's a, oh boy. I'm going to throw the Flames up there. I feel like they're, they're kind of on the rise and they're starting to put together the pieces to kind of, kind of get there. I feel like the, the Ducks, I feel like they've just gotten old and they haven't really done much with, with their team. The, the Kings, you just don't know what to do with. But yeah, that's a wild card. Oh boy, I'll throw the Canucks in the wild card because they still have some decent players in the goaltender that that'll that'll get them there. Sounds good. Sounds good. And then Dave, over to you for the Pacific. I'm going with Vegas. Is going to win the division. I mean, I feel like that's the consensus pick. Yeah. Um, but I think Edmonton will be right behind them. Um, right, like nipping at their heels because Nick David and Drysaddle. They're not going to miss the playoffs. Um, if they do, there's something very, very wrong with that team. Yeah. Um, so Vegas, Edmonton, um, and I'm going with Calgary in the three slot. Um, I just think the Flames, while they could easily, that's the thing with this division. I feel like with the Pacific Division, Vegas and Edmonton are your locks. And then the rest of the the rest of the division is like they could be some of the worst teams in the league this year. <laughs> um, but I'm going to give my wild card slot to the Los Angeles Kings. Ooh, um, I, it's a bit of a spicy pick, um, but I do like the Kings have a lot of up up and coming prospects. Uh, I'm really big on their a new up and coming goaltender, Cal Peterson. Um, He's there, apparent to Jonathan Quick. Um, I think they're going to work really well as a tandem this year. I'm going to look for Drew Dowdy to rebound. I just really like some of their young American prospects that the Kings have. I mean, they've got Alex Turcotte, um, Arthur Kaliev. Um, they, of course, drafted Quentin Byfield, who's going to be missing some time, obviously, but he's their second overall pick from a couple of seasons ago. Um, and I really like the veteran mix. I think Anze Kopitar still has it. Um and Adrian Campe is a pretty decent forward, so I think I think the Kings will surprise, and I think the Kings um are going to rebound a little bit, and I think they'll get that wild card seed in the Pacific. So I'm going to go. You know, it's going to be Vegas, Edmonton, Calgary, L.A. Sounds good. We also have a jersey watch for L.A. I don't know if you guys saw that, but uh, I think they got leaked. I don't think the team actually officially. No, they uh, announced them. Oh, they did. All right, yeah. but they have the nice uh. The Gretzky era Kings, um, yeah, kind of. I'm over the white gloves. They're, un- they're underwhelming, but uh, I mean, you can't they go been wrong. better. Can't go wrong with a classic, but also it's an underwhelming classic. Um, yeah, they they could have done better. Moving on to myself here uh, for my predictions, um, I think 
like you said, Dave, the consensus pick is the Vegas to win the Pacific Division. Um, I think Edmonton also will follow close behind them um, because we know that McDavid and Drysaddle are going to just tear it up. Um, also, I think Zach Hyman is going to get so many residual points this season if he's on the line with McDavid and Drysaddle. Um, we saw how he did with Marners and Matthew when he was with Matthews when he was with Toronto, but I mean, if he's on a line with those guys, he's going to just get. It's going to be residual points night in, night out. But um, my number three is tough. I'm going to go a little off the books here. I think I'm going to go Vancouver for number three in the in the Pacific. And then wild card, I'm going to go with the Calgary Flames. Um, Vancouver's a toss-up. I think they got, they got Ekman Larson uh, on the back end, but they did lose a couple guys. And I think they maybe looking or looking for a little bit of a redemption here after all their COVID problems last season where they had to, they had like 26 people within the organization that had COVID. They missed a bunch of games, had to play like, like eight games in eight days or some crazy schedule like that down the stretch. But I think they're going to be in the mix. Um, Anaheim is going to be garbage. <laughs> um, although I am excited to watch Trevor Zegers play on Anaheim. Um, and then L.A. I don't think is in any – I don't think they're going to make it. And then San Jose, no. So Seattle, no. But, yeah, I'm going to go Vegas, Edmonton, Vancouver, and I'm going to have Calgary taking that first wild card spot in the West. And then moving on to our final division here, we have the I will Central. say this about Anaheim. They might have the best goalie in the entire division in John Gibson. And if he, if he has a year where he's phenomenal – the Anaheim, I feel like if, if they get backstopped by Gibson and the and Zegris and Drysdale will kind of light up the world, they could surprise people. They they probably won't make the playoffs. Yeah. But they could be a better team than what people are expecting. Them well, to I think that was their problem last year was that Gibson's always been really good for them, but he hasn't gotten uh quote unquote the run support that he needs to like he's always played so well, but it's like he gives up two goals and then the team only scores one. So like he looks yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't look bad, but he also looks bad. If you know what I mean. Yes. So, um, I just had to get that thought in there. Yeah. But uh, moving on here to the Central, our last division in the league, we have the Arizona Coyotes, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Colorado Avalanche, the Dallas Stars, the Minnesota Wild, the Nashville Predators, the St. Louis Blues, and the Winnipeg Jets. Dave, I'll start with you this time around. Who are your three to come out of the Central, and who is your second wild card in the West? The Avalanche, hands down, run away with this division. Not even going to be close. Um, I think the Avalanche are probably a favorite for the President's Trophy this year, and for a they are a they they are they're my pick for the Stanley Cup champion as of right now. Um, I will say that I, last season too for the Avs. I mean, they're also yeah. they also have the best odds in this in the betting. I mean, they're one, so. they're they're that good though. Um, so I'll we keep on that. saying we, they we all said right that last season again. too. <laughs> I just hey, second chances <laughs> are a thing for a reason. Well, I hate the changes to their uniform, like just loathe entirely what they've done to that uniform. Um, I just can't root against McKinnon, McCarr, Gabe Landeskog, Miko Rantanen. You know, they're 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 just so good. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going Avalanche number one. Um, number two, I'm going to go. Oof. 
Number two, I'm going to go with a surprise pick. And I'm going to say the Chicago Blackhawks. Ooh. Uh, They're getting a healthy Jonathan Taves back. Patrick Kane is still Patrick Kane. Alex Dabrinka is one of the best young goal scorers in the league. They kind of retooled that defense, and they brought in Marc-Andre Fleury, who just won the Vesna Trophy. Um, So I think with them getting Fleury, adding Seth Jones and Caleb Jones to that defense, um, and having a healthy Taves with Kane and Dabrinkit and Kirby Doc, um, I think... The big thing that's going to propel the Blackhawks is going to be Flurry's play. I think he gets them to the second seed in that division. Um, my third seed, I'm going to go with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, you can't count out. You cannot count out Connor Hellebuck, um, and he, he's probably the second best goalie in the league. He's probably the best American goalie in the league, second to John Gibson. I feel like, um, and their defense has gotten better. And of course, and they've got that offense with with Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. Um and Nikolai Ehlers. So I think that they're going to run three. Um, then my wild card team, I'm going to go with the Dallas Stars. Um, I really like what the Stars have done. I like the moves they made. <coughs> Excuse me. They bolstered their goaltending by bringing in Holtby to add in with Jake Ottinger. And, um, and uh, why am I blanking on the names right now? Um, this is bad radio. Bad. Wait, for the goalies? The other two goalies I haven't named. Oh, Ottinger and Hudobin. Hudobin and Ben Bishop. Um, so they, they've, to me, they've got four starting NHL goalies, um, which will be interesting kind of figure out how they're going to do that. Um, but Radulov, Sagan, Jamie Ben, Miro Heiskin, and John Klingberg. Um, and I think they're going to get the wild card. I just think behind those guys, their depth lacks. And I think that's what's going to hurt the Dallas Stars. So. Yeah, I'm going to go with Colorado, Chicago, Winnipeg, and Dallas. Sounds good. Sounds good. Hoagie, who are your three picks and your wild card for the Central Division? Central Division. Here we go. Um, winning the division, I got the Avalanche going. I mean, it's it's just a no-brainer. I mean, we all said it last year. They were favorites. We all thought they would do it. They didn't do it. They all proved us wrong. Uh, but that Third lineup is just unstoppable, up and down. Um, going in second, um, I got to go with the Jets. They uh, they play tough. They have a great goaltender. Um, I just feel like they have a lot of firepower, and they'll take number number two in the Central. Um, number three, I'm going to go with – oh, boy – Ah uh, man, I'm kind of I'm juggling here. <laughs> I'm juggling. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Blues. I feel like they still have some some pretty good names on that team. I feel like if Jordan Bennington can uh, jump back to where he was a couple years ago, he'll help them uh, help them get back into the playoffs and and make some noise in the playoffs as well. Um, and then my wild card, I'm gonna say. Uh, probably, probably the Blackhawks. I feel like Flurry is going to get up in, into that lineup, and and with the addition of Seth Jones on the blue line, they're not they're going to make some noise, especially with getting uh, Captain Sirius back in that lineup. I think they're going to do some damage in the in the central there. Sounds good. Yeah, I think I I have to partially agree with you. I think uh, I mean I guess I'm agreeing with both of you here with Colorado winning the, that division, so taking number one overall. 
Number two, I'm going to go to the Winnipeg Jets like you, Hoagie. Number three, that's a tough one here. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the Minnesota Wild take the number three seed. Uh, I could get roasted for that. but uh, You could get toasted. They, they did put themselves on the map a bit again last year after Kaprizov had that hell of a year. Um, and they, they did all right in the playoffs, but they obviously lost. Um, but I don't know. I think the third, the, third, the third seed could be between, like, I mean, it could be between, like, three or four teams. Arizona is definitely not making the playoffs. They're a dumpster fire right now. Um, but, and then if I would say the wild card, I'm going to go, it's going to be a toss-up, I think, between the... Uh, the Blackhawks and the Blues. Um, I think Mark Andre Fleury is going to be a huge key for the Blackhawks. Um, they obviously will have Taze back. They have Kane. They have Seth Jones. Um, but they're they're an older team. Uh, they're the kind of looking to stay relevant uh, these days um, without going through a full rebuild. Um, they do have Kirby Doc getting him back after a wrist injury, right? Um, I believe so. But I think it was a wrist injury. But yeah, I mean, I think that that third seed and the wild card are definitely going to be the, the the most coveted spot because I think the first two are going to be pretty locked in with Colorado and Winnipeg, in my opinion. Um, but, fellas, that does it for our, our season preview. Nice and brief. I like it. Uh, we won't keep our listeners here for hours on end going over every uh, in and out of each team. Um, but... With that being said, we are getting to the end of the road here in our Around the League segment and for our episode this week. Thank you for sticking with us for this long. Um, but we will end it with a uh, a couple of – actually, we have three – a trio of contracts that were signed in the uh, the recent couple of days here. Uh, just earlier today, actually, Wednesday the 13th, uh, the Nashville Predators extended Mattias Ekholm to a four-year deal. Matthias. with Matthias, my faux pas. Um, to a four-year deal worth $25 million uh, with an AAV of $6.25 million beginning next season. Uh, according to NHL.com, the 31-year-old defenseman is, is, is in his final season of a six-year deal, um, which he signed back in 2015. He was slated to become a UFA after the season. Obviously, he won't now. Um, but he did say he was happy to sign the contract before it becomes a distraction during this current season. And Nashville will open their season tomorrow uh, at home against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Hoagie, I'll throw it to you first. Thoughts on Ekholm, uh, former potential flyer. <laughs> uh, no, good for him. I mean, that, I feel like that one was dragged out a little bit. But, uh, no, good for him. I, I'm not too big on, on Ekholm. I don't know why. <laughs> That's all good. It's all good. Dave, your thoughts? I'm surprised he decided to extend. I feel like Nashville is a team – that needs the rebuild and not exact. I mean, while he's a pretty, a decent defenseman, um, you definitely think that'd be a, a player that they would want to move out and get assets back for. I just feel like the national predators missed their prime window. Um, I don't think UC Soros is a good enough goaltender to get them to win anything. And they I mean, Dante Fabro is a pretty good, excellent future number one defenseman for them. Um, I need to see more out of Ellie Tolvanen. Um, but I really am surprised Echo decided to extend and stay in Nashville. I definitely thought they would have liked to move on from him and maybe trade him in the deadline to get some pieces because I just think they need to fully rebuild. But you know what? You want to stay in Nashville? You got to stay in Nashville. 
and you never know he still could get traded and now now he's got a contract to get traded with um so it's good for him to get the money he kind of has deserved and earned um but it's still a little bit shocking because i would have thought nashville would have started to move things along and start to rebuild for the future yeah I, i agree i think i mean it's a good signing um i don't really read too much into the predators but Ekholm's been a mainstay there for the past few seasons, and he's obviously here to stay for a few more. So good on him for getting his uh, his due diligence, as they say. Um, but moving from Nashville to Montreal, we have Nick Suzuki agreeing to an eight-year deal yesterday worth $63 million total with an AAV of $7.875 million, running through the 2000. 2000- the 2029-2030 season, that's weird to say that. Um, he also was slated to become a free agent after the season. He scored 41 points last season and 16 points in the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, with the Canadiens, and they obviously lost in the Stanley Cup final to the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was quoted saying, I love the city of Montreal. I love being a Canadian, and to do that for hopefully the next nine years is something I'm really looking forward to. It's huge for me and my family, and we're really happy that it all worked out. Dave, I'll go to you first this time. Your thoughts on the Suzuki extension? I saw I saw a funny a quote. I believe what Suzuki said. He said it's kind of ideal. It's like he was playing uh, EA Sports NHL, saying like, "Oh, I was doing be a GM mode, and I could give yeah. myself any amount of money I wanted." Yeah. Um. So you kind of kind of still see the kid in him a little bit. Uh. But no, this is a smart move for Montreal locking up. I think he's their future franchise center. Um, he, of course, was the main piece they received in the Vegas Golden Knights and the Max Pacioretty trade. Uh, so I really like this contract a lot, and I think Suzuki's going to be a thorn in the side for the Eastern Conference for many years to come. Well said. Hoagie, your thoughts on Suzuki? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for him. I, I think he, that contract's well-deserving. Um, he He's ready to take the the league on by storm and just surprise everybody. I mean, I've, I've, I've been watching the Canadians game, and he's been – Dancing and dazzling against the Maple Leafs, so I'm, I'm excited for him. Yeah, it's it's good to see him. I think he was drafted originally by the Knights uh, in the expansion draft, or is that? No, he was drafted. He was one of the Knights' first oh, first yeah, round was, picks. You're right. I was just looking at that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's he's been a good player for Montreal, and he's obviously looking to be an even better one down the stretch here. Um, but moving on to our last topic of discussion for tonight. We go from Montreal all the way down to the sunshine state of Florida to the Florida Panthers, uh, where we have Captain Alexander Barkov getting an absolute ticket, uh, an eight-year contract extension with a $10 million AAV, um, including over $70 million just in signing bonuses as well. Uh, Barkov was in the final year of a six-year deal that he signed back in 2016. He would have became a UFA following this current season. Um, but he will make $7.75 million this season in the final year of his previous deal. Uh, Panthers GM Bill Zito was quoted saying, over his past eight years in South Florida, Sasha, as he's nicknamed, has demonstrated his leadership, character, and elite playmaking ability, cementing himself as one of the best all-around players in hockey. Um, Barkov was also the... He's also the defending Selkie Trophy winner from last season, which is awarded to the top defensive forward in the league, if you did not know that. And he was also named to Finland's roster for the 2022 Beijing Olympics earlier this month. So, uh, Hoagie, I'll go to you this one this one last time here. Your thoughts on the Barkov contract? 
Yeah, no, that's a, that's a huge signing for for Florida. I think they're starting to uh, you know figure it out and uh, and put a team a, a decent team on the ice, I should say. So uh, uh, huge for him, huge for Florida. I think they're starting to uh, be a big deal in their conference or in their division to uh, to make something happen for them. Well said, well said, Dave. Your thoughts on Sasha? I think it's it's uh, a slight overpayment based on what he's done in his career so far. I think they're paying him for a little bit of what he can become. I think they're looking to see more of that Selkie Trophy winning version of himself and continuing to put up his offensive numbers. Um, it makes me like the Kajaria extension even a little bit more. Um, but Barkov does have more offensive upside. Um, so I will give Barkov that. I, I, it's an excellent signing. You know, I've like I mentioned earlier, I, I've had my gripes with the Florida Panthers, and I have called them a Mickey Mouse organization before on this podcast. But I feel as though they are really making some smart moves, and I think they are going to start to contend to take the mantle for that division away from the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to that too. The fact that with Florida being good and Tampa still being good, you're actually going to have a rivalry down yeah, in Florida like between those two teams. Um, so that's only going to mean good hockey to watch for years to come. And I've always liked Alexander Barkov. I think he's been an excellent player, and he'll continue to be an excellent player for years to come for them. Very well said by both of you. And with that being said, we are at the end of our road here for Around the League. We have made it through our season preview. We are up to date on all that I have deemed newsworthy for this week. Um, there's obviously much more to come here with the season just getting underway on ESPN, TNT, ESPN Plus, no free ads, but if you want to watch even more hockey than what's on TV, definitely tune into that. Uh, I don't know how much it is, but <laughs> buy if you it get if you get the bundle of ESPN Plus, Hulu, and Disney Plus, it's like after taxes and fees, it's like fourteen bucks a month. Easy money right there, then. Um, but like I said, we are just getting started here with the 2021-2022 season. The Flyers play on Friday, which is obviously right around the corner because tonight's Wednesday night. But um, that does it for me. Hoagie, thank you once again for joining us. Uh, as Dave said, you're our recurring, recurring, recurring <laughs> guest. Um, but uh, tell the people, if they already don't know, tell the people where they can follow you and also where they can follow the guys at Pot Street Bullies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me at Pod Street uh, Hogs. Uh, you can find the guys over at Pod Street Bullies at Pod St Bullies. Uh, you got Pod Street Gove, John Gove doing his uh, his prospect analysis, which is all, always great to see. Uh, it's he he tells it as it is. Um, you got uh, you got Derek, who's writing, who's now writing for uh, High and Wide Pod Street. Uh, Oh boy, Patrick Bob, and then you got Patrick Casey, the uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Give us all <laughs> a follow Casey. if you if you have what a guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. <laughs> so give us all a follow. We appreciate it. Appreciate it for the listens, and we definitely appreciate you guys uh, being a being a great partner. Hell yeah, Dave! I throw it over to you now to wrap us up. Yes, yes, indeed, excellent. We are looking forward to some great things coming up here from this season. Um, I know I am personally very excited the fact that hockey is back. My wife, maybe not so much, because that means there's a lot more moments of me out in the living room late nights before coming into bed. Um, but with that, gentlemen, unless there's anything else to add this week, I see we wrap it up, and uh, we'll get to back to watching that hockey while I upload the podcast. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, gentlemen, Matt, 
Uh, Hoagie, like Master said, thanks again for hopping on. Always appreciate it. Um, like Hoagie just did said, do give your guys do do lend your ears a listen to the boys of our Pottery Boys. <laughs> they re- they record every Sunday and every Monday. That podcast is usually out early Monday morning or late Sunday evening. I look forward to it as part of my Monday Monday podcast routine. And of course, the best part of the podcast. Maybe not, <laughs> maybe not to John, maybe not to Derek or to Matt. To Matt Casey. It's Hoagie's dad joke of the week. And I, I am a sucker for a good dad joke. So if that's the only reason why you listen to Pottery Bullies, it's well worth it. Um, but with that again, Hoagie, thanks for coming on as always. Everyone, enjoy your hockey and let's go Flyers. Let this be. A good year. With that, good night and good hockey.